0: What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Living Life Fearless. Today's date is February 8th, 2019. Welcome back to The Fearless Show. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Rich Walker. Say what up to everybody.
1: What's going on, everybody? Artist D. Walker here. Welcome back to The Fearless Show. I hope you guys have been well. Me and Dario back to chop it up and, uh, you know, just keep you up to date on some of the topics that we find interesting.
0: Yeah, I see you got some, you know, throwback gear on right
1: now. Oh yeah, the old swag. I don't know if y'all know about this. Ooh, the old swag. Mm. The long lost. Sorry guys, but it's only it's members only gear now.
0: Yeah, some of our older stuff. Uh you also <laughs> you can also see he's got our brand new binnies on. Yeah. Okay, you got a well, kind of throwback, fearless shirt and, you know, hat. So, if you like any of the gear, like, yeah. you know, rocking these videos on our podcast, you should definitely head over to the site and grab some for yourselves. But, let's hop right into this. Um, you recently went to an art show in New York, correct? <clears throat>
1: yeah, I mean, you know, New York's got art shows all over everywhere, but yeah, I went to a new show recently at, um, Brick, it's a uh, art center or art gallery in Brooklyn, and uh, they had this uh, biennial. It's their third volume, and uh, this one they're calling the South Brooklyn edition, and basically it focused on artists based in uh, the area of South Brooklyn. So uh, it's a group of emerging and mid career artists um, curated by Elizabeth Ferrer and Ginny Giro <laughs> probably butchered these names so forgive probably. me however but um yeah you guys should definitely check out the Brick Biennial if you have a chance Um but yeah it was a pretty cool show
0: so I mean thoughts, impressions, anything that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was cool. They had a, um, the curator selected a, a group of artists that displayed a, a wide range of mediums and materials. There was, uh, some installation set up, and, uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff. There was some weird stuff. There was, um, I don't know. There was, there was a lot of interesting ideas. One thing I saw first... So, like, when you walk up to the building, it's this huge glass window. And then most of the biennial space is is in the basement level. But you can see that whole level. You're just above it. So you can, like, look inside and see, like, the whole um, area. But, like, against the wall, there's this tall piece going up. And it's a bunch of, like, Jesus or, like, crucifixion Um portraits, but it's made out of, like, Legos. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen a contemporary artist use Legos in a long, long time, so I thought that was an interesting little thing that, um, it looks cool. I like how it deconstructs, because it's just the squares, but that was cool. Uh, there was some kind of, like, sensory chamber kind of thing. I saw somebody laying down and there was like a dome over them with like lights and like sound changing and I was like I didn't get a chance to experience it um cuz it was the opening, you know, you got to go back on days when it's not like a crazy happening so you can experience those kind of works. Um but yeah, I mean all in all it seemed pretty solid. There was a lot of abstraction. Um not a whole lot of figurative narrative-based work, but, um, yeah, a lot of sculptures. I saw one, actually, there was something interesting. It was, like, an abstract painting installed, and then I saw somebody walk up to it, and it was the artist, but they had grabbed the painting, and, and, like, it was hinged against the wall, so it opened, uh, like, a door, and then there was, like, stuff hidden behind the painting on the wall, and I thought that was crazy cool, too, because you don't necessarily see interactive paintings or things like that um so yeah there was a lot of like little odd quirky things um in this um show so if it's it seemed like a lot of i don't know slightly not traditional like using traditional art techniques or styles but in a slightly quirky way Mm. um so i thought i found that sort of thread throughout the whole show
0: so, so, it's pretty cool. Soon.
1: But yeah, I got some photos, so um, as soon as I can edit it down to the ones that look good enough to post, <laughs> it'll be up probably this week. Bet. Or what's today? Next, Next week. week. Today? Yeah. Today's Friday. Yep.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> so, yeah, if you're so definitely yeah. in the area, should go check that one out. I don't know if you have heard of an artist, a British-Iranian artist named Sarah Maple.
1: Sarah Maple. Not off the top of my head, no.
0: Well, apparently she is a pretty provocative uh, artist. You know, she's, I think, also Muslim, so she has a lot of her work that's very... Uh. Unapologetically, like feminist and political, and you know, talking about religion and everything. Um, always mm-hmm. like some focus of her work and the stuff that she tackles. And I guess she is making her stateside debut. Um, and she's oh. actually coming to uh, Untitled Space, which I believe is oh, somewhere, that, around, somewhere around you.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Untitled is in Tribeca.
0: Not sure, but on Untitled Space, somewhere in New York, I don't know for sure. Um, she's had this. She got a, uh, her first. This is her debut, uh, U.S. debut, and it's, mm. it's called Thoughts and Prayers. And I think a lot of it will be tackling like gun violence and just the whole gun debate in America, as well as I think some of her older, more prominent pieces. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just that's just one that kind of stood out to me and.
1: Interesting.
0: You know, you should definitely look into that one if you when you get a chance. And something I think you know your girl Sarah would probably be interested in too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because just looking at some of her images, definitely, you know, strongly opinionated and strongly, you know, making a, making strong statements about a lot of things. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh snap! It looks like it closed today <clears throat> thoughts and prayers Ooh,
0: you're right what's today yeah I just look bad now
1: february 8th yeah january 22nd through february 8th yeah
0: oh well i guess you can't check it out but it was definitely when that <laughs> jumped out at me
1: damn that's interesting oh yeah that's in tribeca i know where that space is i had work in there once Huh, well, that's too bad. I missed it, but that's dope. I'm gonna keep her in my. I'm gonna try to find her on Instagram and see if I can follow her.
0: Yeah, you should. She's definitely, uh, like I said, it's definitely strongly opinionated and makes like very strong statements. Nothing really subtle about the messages she's trying to like come across with. And apparently, you know, Mm -hmm. that always causes a lot of flack being a Muslim woman and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was my contribution to the art conversation.
1: Um <laughs> Oh, I did want to shout out one of my friends, who's that? um Gerald Sheffield. He's the artist I met at SVA when I went to the the school when I went to the School of Visual Arts. He was in BFA and I was in the MFA program. And then he went to Yale uh for his graduate. So, uh He's got an MFA there, but he just had a little pop-up solo show, and I think he's also in a group show this month. Um, I got photos of those, so I might be posting his uh, solo pop-up as well.
0: Okay. But yeah,
1: shout out to Joe. All right.
0: And um, yeah, if you did want to check her IG, it is Miss Mapes, so M-S-M-A-P-E-S on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Speaking of art, Blue I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but one that kind of one commercial that definitely stood out to me. I think there weren't many. Uh, I think pretty much Super Bowl commercials have gotten worse every year, and they've kind of lost their importance. I think with the internet too, because now they're showing commercials before the Super Bowl even happens. You know, on YouTube. Yeah, which is strange. Right. Like, oh, this is a yeah, Super I didn't... Bowl commercial. And they will say it in the title. And it's like, well, it's not the Super Bowl, but all right. Bro. Like... Right. But one definitely stood out to me, and it was Andy Warhol. uh was in a Burger King commercial. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Oh, no, I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't
0: watch. It was in a Burger King commercial? <laughs> yes. Um, so what? it was one that, like, I was when I watched it, I was like, he looks fucking familiar. Is that... Nah, it can't be. And then, because it's like older, <laughs> it's like older footage, obviously, of him like eating a burger. Yeah. It doesn't say anything, like he's just eating a burger, and like at the end, the catchphrase is, eat like Andy.
1: Oh, I did see that. That's so weird. Oh, crazy. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm going to Burger King anytime soon.
0: <laughs> you saw me that didn't get the art crowd.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now. Anybody who doesn't already like Burger King is not gonna try Burger King and want to go there. <laughs> You got to be a fan from like when you were a kid. I don't know if anybody's taste buds nowadays is going to try Burger King for the first time <laughs> even if Andy
0: Warhol says it's good. I mean, I just thought it was oh, man. I thought it was interesting. Like I mean, honestly, I think Burger King that's kind of weird. has some of the best uh marketing has one of the best marketing teams out of any company in any industry for sure.
1: Oh yeah, it's genius. They definitely made money. I know that art students are definitely gonna go there just because they put that in their mind, like, oh they care about the arts. And like
0: <laughs> just, I mean they all like I said, all their commercials always seem to stand out. My one that always reminds me is I don't know if you remember, when they were doing the Cheesy Tots one and they just had a ton of fucking hilarious commercials for that one, but this one just stood out to me because I was like, is this Andy Warhol? I was like, and then, like, at the end, the Burger King logo pops up, and, like, you had no idea that that's mm-hmm. what it was, like, actually a Burger King commercial. Uh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Burger King always had crazy commercials. I don't know if I remember the. I remember every time you watch it, though, it would either make me laugh or, like, at least be interested. Like, it was an episode or some shit. Like, it didn't seem like a commercial. It seemed like Burger King segments. They're smart.
0: I mean, this one was definitely a segment. Like, it didn't feel like a commercial until the Burger King logo popped up at the end. And you're like, "Uh, you have no idea where it was going because you just see a guy unwrapping a burger that a guy that looks like Andy Warhol and mm-hmm. it turns out it is Andy Warhol and then like then you see the Burger King logo pop up and say "eat like Andy and there's like no words even spoken so I think I, um, <laughs> right it's kind of a, it's kind of genius Smart. it's definitely kind of genius you wouldn't expect that from a Burger King commercial but he even eats mm-hmm. he even eats it like I suspected a guy like Andy Warhol when he pours ketchup <laughs> like on the bag and then like dips his burger into it before he eats. So, Uh, (laughs)
1: That's awesome. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'll do that sometimes. I'll dip the burger, but I still put ketchup on it. (laughs)
0: Hmm. Pretentious artist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. You mean about that art life? You got to art a little bit to dip your burger, homie. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But uh, speaking about the Super Bowl, I don't know if you even got caught at least the halftime show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because I, I texted
0: you like right after it finished.
1: Oh, my God. Your text is hilarious. <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, you just sent me a text. Halftime show. It's trash.
0: Complete trash. And so I was trash. like,
1: oh boy. I went to, I was like, maybe it's not that trash. And I was like, what? It what? I was so confused. I was like, this is the halftime show?
0: <laughs> I mean, it was That's exactly crazy. like I told you, la- I think last week, where I was like, it was the most basic, boring, safest, don't want to, you know, don't want to upset anybody type of show. Like... It was so yeah. fucking boring Like It was just him And then
1: Travis's performance was Half a Not song. even I thought I was like Why do you even go up there? What was the point Of being on stage For 30 seconds?
0: Exactly If you're gonna like Take like- all this flack and shit <laughs> Like if If you're gonna take all this flack And be like Fuck that I'm still gonna do the show This is what you come mm-hmm. out with?
1: Bro. Like he d- the beginning of Sickle Mode and back to you Adam and Maroon Vice. Yeah. people were
0: like, "Okay." Like mm. great intermission, you know? And then like Big Boy came out and did like <laughs> half a song of, of uh I forget the name of it. Maybe the way we move or how we move, or whatever. And then another half a song of some older shit, yeah. Outcast shit, and then then it was off the stage again. Like Bro, this is what y'all, mm-hmm. This after all this, this is what y'all came up with. Like, bro. Missed opportunity, yeah, like a true. motherfucker, and, like, they were on stage, that's and, good. like, they didn't move from the one stage, bro. That shit was terrible. And the best part about it was the fucking yeah. uh, Spongebob Sweet Victory part, when they were doing, when they showed Spongebob <laughs> his super bullshit.
1: That was the best part. That's so funny. Man, they, the whole ball. Bo- I, I like, I heard from people that the, the, the whole Super Bowl itself, it. like, like when the I, actual game was boring. <laughs> They're saying the game was one of the most boring games. It was the games. most boring
0: Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> that's crazy.
0: And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was such a missed opportunity, especially when the game like that is dragging on the way it was and was so boring as it was. Like. This is your opportunity to, like, be basically the the talk of the night with the amazing show. But you fucking failed horribly on that.
1: Yeah. Well, they said it's the lowest rated uh, Super Bowl in 10 years. I
0: mean... I don't know if that means like people that didn't watch from the beginning or people that just stopped watching because I stopped watching going to the fourth. Like, I was like, I can't do this.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they calculated or split it up, but I I think it's funny. It makes sense. I mean, people aren't going to watch boring <laughs> Horribly disappointing. Like if, if the entertainment is boring. How is the entertainment how is the thing that's supposed to not be boring boring? That's that's just bad. They shouldn't have forced it. They were trying to force some kind of Atlanta art artists in with a headliner that had no controversy or wouldn't be, you know. It would have been better
0: with controversy. Like it would have been better if he did, like actually make a (laughs) statement.
1: Uh, The NFL is not ready for all that. They're just trying to make it another year. (laughs)
0: They're Uh, trying to wait for all this. Obviously, that that was the wrong decision. If it's the lowest rating fucking Super Bowl in the last ten years so
1: (laughs) they're making bad decisions left to right i'm not i'm not saying they know what they're doing right
0: now i mean five employees of the nfl or do they want to you know actually get their raise their profile even more because that didn't do anything for them it was just like hey remember (laughs) this song from us uh, last year moves like jacker let's play that one you know and it was just like, hey, saw, at, the end of, at the end, he was like, yeah, this shit's getting boring. So, hey, look, my shirt is off. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I saw a meme
1: of that. There was a meme of Janet Jackson, like, with her face, like, all, like, angry. And she was like, her her face when she saw Adam reveal both nipples on stage at the she Super did Bowl. 15 <laughs>
0: years ago. She beat y'all to it. Come on, bro. <laughs> you know your show's getting boring when you gotta resort to shit like that.
1: <laughs> right? It's like Adam, what are you doing? What, what was the point? What do you... that's about as impressive as Travis's thirty seconds. That
0: shit was terrible. You guys, let us know what you thought about the halftime show. Did you enjoy it? Did it live up to your expectations? Did you even watch it? I mean, I think a lot of people watched it just to kind of see. If anything would happen at a halftime show, and absolutely nothing yeah. happened, I think. was
1: there a happened. commercial we missed that yeah. you liked?
0: Sucked, definitely sucked. But I don't think we talked about this when it happened. Uh, Empire actor Jesse <laughs> Smollett, I believe, is how you say his name, and his recent attack.
1: Yeah, I heard about him basically getting attacked by what he said was um, two dudes with MAGA hats on that allegedly poured bleach on him and put a noose around his neck. So this is a pretty crazy story. And it's basically in the news right now, and there's a lot of attention around it because some details are not are like a little foggy. So now people are wondering if it's true. But, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, no, nothing against him or whatever. But honestly, my first reaction was, is this really true? Because it sounds like almost too crazy even for today's standards, you know? Sound like super convenient. Yeah, two guys. In I was like, damn, that's crazy. With bleach and
1: two dudes and with MAGA hats shoes. targeted you and said, "Hey, you're the you're the 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 gay dude from you know like, or you're the black faggot from Empire."
0: And to be like, honest with you, you know, I didn't like, even know who he was. Like, I don't watch Empire. Like, I have no idea. So it's hard for me. I to was just that telling fucking- somebody.
1: For real. I was just saying he's not that famous. Like like Sarah was like, he's, he's not. famous but I was like, he's not that famous. He's not that famous. He's famous for impart. But that's where the murky details come in because his first phone call was to Lee Daniels. Really? Not the police. Yeah, he called Lee Daniels first. Huh. Yeah. I thought that was It's fucking odd. strange. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well. Okay. All right. Um but then there's also, I don't know, it's just weird. It's just there's this weird information. I'm getting too much conflicting stuff. I just want the cops to like either leave it alone or like cuz what happens if they like air out real details about something else and then he has to come back with a statement explaining a truth or something. Like that would end yeah. his whole shit. Bro, I was, Like, his whole... He'd he would be done before he got... He started.
0: <laughs> this is why I'm always like, no matter what, like, bro, let's wait and kind of see the facts. Like, why people jumping out the window about this, and I'm like, well, this shit doesn't even really sound credible, honestly, to me. And I'm not saying... I'm still I'm, one... I'm still
1: confused.
0: I'm not saying... Because I'm like, well, if they happen, just had hats on, happen, but I'm saying... Cameras are around. It just sounds fishy. Like, I just want to know. I need some facts. Like, I need...
1: Yeah, for real. For real, for real. It, it sounded weird. And it was at like 4 a.m. or some shit. Like 3 a.m. or some random shit. I don't know. It was weird. Like, he just went to a subway. Like, I'm like, I'm like, so you just went to subway mad early in the a.m. And somebody knew who you were from a TV show and had bleach and rope to make a noose or just a noose ready to go.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, what? In Chicago? Like, you're telling me like the, in, there's two MAGA hat players that believe in this so strongly that they'd attack somebody. They know Empire, and they know the actors on Empire enough to know that they're going to target you? It's like, seems a little, a little fishy know, to me.
1: Man. And I haven't seen, like, he doesn't even look bad. Like, I wanted to see, like, Bow Wow looks way worse than him. (laughs) He doesn't even have marks. Fam? Like, (laughs) Jesse doesn't, or Jesse or what, he doesn't have any marks. He looks fine. If, if I've seen people who had ropes around their neck, they have permanent scars. Like, he didn't have, if he had a rope around his neck, it wasn't used very hard. Because you'll get rug burn. Like, there's going to be marks at least for a week or two.
0: Like, honestly... He looked fine to me. That, like you said, like it didn't look like he was really beat up that badly. And so, like, they barely attacked you, and then they just threw a rope on, throw a rope on you and pour some bleach and left. Feels... Yeah, like,
1: all right, I'm out. Like...
0: Look... <laughs> Honestly, why like, why wouldn't
1: they leave you bloody? Why wouldn't they kill you? If why, if, if it's true, what's the point?
0: I'm fucking. This is horrible. Obviously, but
1: if it's true, we need to find these dudes. But
0: and put if them it comes up out on like on this blast. is some PR shit or some cover up shit about some other shit, and I'm just gonna feel, so, I'm gonna feel so much worse because, like, bro, like, <laughs> you're gonna make so many people look stupid, including more than just yourself, yeah. and like. That's why I'm like I'm. That's why I never jump like just jump out the window when you just hear something on the internet. Like,
1: yeah, for sure. Like you remember that? So I'm wait. I'm waiting it out. I'm not choosing sides. I don't know if it's true or false. I just think it sounds weird.
0: Like, do do you remember the Ryan Lochte shit after the (laughs) Olympics? The
1: Ryan Lochte shit. Yo, we got robbed. Nah, those dudes were crazy. They <laughs> we got robbed. Uh, he said they got robbed. And That's like crazy. right when
0: I heard that shit, I automatically felt like mm, shit sounds a little fishy, bro. Like right. And then like the next day, shit came out that was like all a lie, and really he was he was the fucking asshole, and it all it's just like please yeah. don't be this situation. Like please, bro. Like shit's Not already. Sh- but this
1: is worse because this is
0: like a. It's like this is a
1: very political. That's what I'm argument. saying, like
0: racially and politically, like, it's like shit's already super strange. So please, Brad, like don't do this shit, bro. Right? Like, don't to give this, this fuel fake ass stories to bro, like all it these. It just seems too convenient. Like that shit sounds so made up. Like, oh yeah, two it's guys weird. wearing MAGA hats came at me and said, "Hey, you're the guy." I remember? And like beat him up and threw some bleach and fucking had a noose and just put it around his neck. Softly put it around his neck, like. Mm-hmm. I, I fear for the worst, bro. I fear for the worst from the story.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But it, you know, I, really I mean, do. but. Like, shit, if it's true, prayers, man. Please don't be wrong. But I mean, prayers either way.
0: Oh, if it's true, it's fucking horrible. And they deserve the backlash and you know, response it got from everybody. But if this is false It's gonna be it's I, disgusting if it's false. I think it'll be even worse.
1: Like I just if think it's, it's false fam, I'm over Lee Daniels. Yo, if it's false, we're gonna have to talk about canceling Lee Daniels.
0: Canceling him? <laughs> but you said Lee because Daniels. what does he have to do with this yeah. canceling him?
1: I think this is... Because I feel like him calling Lee Daniels, I feel like this is Lee Daniels' alibi.
0: I just feel like there's something else Lee Daniels... And he's trying to, like...
1: Well, I heard... Yeah, I heard a, a conflicting stories. I heard different stories about, like, um like a scorn like like him hitting on a dude that had a boyfriend or something that they all knew about and like something went down and then like i don't know it was like weird like it was like all kinds of weird like stories are in the air so like it could have been a revenge like beat up and then they they wanted to say something else happened to cover up what really happened in his personal life There's other weird... I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Until they find the criminals. (laughs) Like, because there's nobody in custody. They're just investigating, so.
0: (laughs) Like I said, I just hope this is... This is what it is and it's not some other bullshit, bro. I really do. I really do. Yeah. (laughs) Because that would be fucking Horrible. Like for me, like it's just as bad. Like, like you know, we always talk about when like white people always try to like blame it on some random black guy, you know, like to cover up some shit. Like, yeah, oh, this black guys, yeah. shit. No, it's shit. so like,
1: funny. That reminds me of Liam Neeson.
0: You know, you can't it can't go the other way too with it. You can't say, oh, some guys wearing MAGA hats, did this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bruh.
1: Right. Sniper. no facts. Yeah, that's stupid. It looks foolish. A maga hat doesn't equal, <laughs> you know. I can I can treat this person or this this person is not a human now because they they have a maga hat on. Like, that's not what that means. But super sub man.
0: Look, I can I can disagree with the maga hat people wearing maga hat all the time, but that doesn't mean they're all like fucking. Like representations of like the KKK or some shit like that at the same time. So it's like, come on, let's please not do this. <laughs> please let this be true. Yeah. But we'll, I guess mm-hmm. we'll hopefully we'll find out soon, man. Because this it sounds a little fishy. But I don't know. For those of you who've been following the story, what you guys think? Uh, do you think this would do so much damage if this wasn't true? Do things sound a little fishy to you? What was your response right when you heard it? Uh, let us know in the comments down below. So uh, we're going to talk about like a lot of movie stuff. There's a lot, there's a lot of that stuff in the news lately. Mm-hmm. So KSK Affleck has been showing a film at some film festivals called Light of My Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it just debuted at the Berlin International Film Festival. Doesn't have a distributor or anything, but you know he's trying to make the rounds. And it is like... Some drama that is set in a society without women, and I don't know if you guys have been okay. who have been following Casey Affleck's, you know, troubled history. It has got the was that for legal reasons. What I'm saying <laughs> it got the uh, expected response. <laughs> Let's put it this way. It definitely got the expected response from people. Like,
1: what the fuck? Fam. Oh, that's hilarious. Like, Did, hold on. How do wait, you...
0: was this because you were accused of sexually harassing all these women and you got all these lawsuits? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, a world without women? Like, bro, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: For real. Like, all right, all right. I'm not working with women no more. Like, I need a script. We're going to write something up. All right. We're gonna, a land with no women. I've got it. Yeah, that's the only way I can't
0: get in trouble. <laughs> like if this was that's coming so from anybody else, I don't think people even think twice about it. But the fact that it's Casey Affleck doing this for
1: real, this sounds more like Steve Carell's line. <laughs>
0: right when I read this, it's not even like it's not even a comedy. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a fucking like drama. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, but still, little... <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. That sounds like.
0: Right when I had right when I like read the worst version of hands article that kind of talked about it, Mm. like right right when I read it and it was like, Casey Affleck movie about society without women. My immediate reaction was like. "Mm." Probably should have kept this one in the back burner.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so weird, man. (laughs) Nonsense.
0: Like who's his manager? Who's the, who's the people in this circle? Like who did not Pull all this all man aside and say, "Hey, I know you worked on this one, but let's uh, <laughs> let's maybe not put this out at this time. You know, <laughs> let's hold on to this one a little longer."
1: That is so weird, man. Nobody put that together in this camp. Nobody said, "You know, people are gonna think this when they think this." When they you know when they hear about this, they're gonna think about blah blah blah. (laughs) Like nobody said that to them. Like,
0: like just maybe (laughs) let's not put this one out right now. (laughs) You know,
1: that's crazy.
0: But uh, yeah, he's doing it, and it got the very expected response. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it's even if it's a good movie at this point, like it's going to be hard for people to like really. (laughs) want to watch her take it seriously with everything else that's surrounding it. That's going to overshadow it. So I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, there's actually, did you hear about the uh, Liam Neeson controversy?
0: Yeah, that was going to be one of my next topics. I mean, but before we get to Liam, cause that's going to be, I think a pretty long conversation. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to also bring up, um, Woody Allen, who is also had a very <laughs> controversial history with women. Uh, he is suing Amazon Studios for refusing to dis- like distribute one of his movies that they had already kind of had a contract for. Um, mm-hmm. It was delayed and then they just decided not to do it. And it was all because of, you know, the allegations of. Uh, him molesting Dylan Farrell, like she brought those back up after the, the, when the Me Too movement oh. kind of started popping off, and like those came up again, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then I guess Amazon just decided that it was too much, you know, too hmm. too much around it to put it out, you know, and they decided not to do it. Yeah, now I guess he is suing them for more than sixty eight million in damages, huh?
1: Sixty eight million, huh? I don't know how much you're gonna get right now. Uh, what's his name? Jeff Bezos? He's 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 in the middle of losing half of Amazon right now. <laughs> if his divorce goes through with her his wife getting fifty percent,
0: but Yeah, he'll still be a billionaire, so And then she'll be
1: the richest woman in America
0: in the world. And he'll still be a billionaire, nope. so don't yeah. really feel that bad about it, but
1: yeah. yeah. 150 bill?
0: <laughs> Jeff Bezos That's is bad. another story that he's just got his own issues to do. <laughs> I don't know if you saw <laughs> that he put out like a uh, preemptive post saying that National Enquirer has been threatening to leak his nudes.
1: Oh Jeff Bezos, you don't do that.
0: Like Jeff Bezos, you got news, bruh? Like, <laughs> come on, bruh. Who got the? Yeah, what got do you the mean, news, bruh? Like, damn, like. what are you talking about, fam? And like, uh, is that much of a threat? Like, who, who's like, who in their right mind is thinking, damn, I want to see those Jeff Bezos news? You know, like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am like go ahead Leakum National Enquirer you're gonna get about five people watching <laughs> this shit right? Like, am to to see that shit that's right?
1: crazy <laughs> the National Enquirer what are they gonna do with that they're not gonna put that out that's crazy Jeff Bezos I didn't see that but that's funny
0: yeah <laughs> it was kind of I mean it was unintentionally funny <laughs> like you know like it's all I mean it's fucked up if it's true that you get blackmailed but but yeah. The fact that but, they're threatening to leak your nudes is kind of funny. Yeah, I think. We, All right, so
1: Alan, my get like that we got that out, we twelve million at the most.
0: Now that about we 12, uh, talked about that, I want to hop into Liam Neeson talk.
1: Yeah, Liam Neeson talk.
0: <laughs> so for those <laughs> that do not know, I mean it's kind of hard to to believe that you don't know by now, but Liam Neeson recently, I don't know if it was recently, it must be recent that he did an interview right, or clip of his one of some interview he did came out <sighs> talking yeah. about when he was younger, his one of his friends said that she was raped, and he said by who da 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 she said it was by some black guy and he's talking about this mind state he was in at the time where he was out just out and about for i don't know, I don't know how long he said maybe a week two weeks or something basically with a weapon a hidden weapon basically saying that he he was in a mindset that he was hoping any black bastard, is what he said, would approach him or start yeah. something with him so that he could kill them in retribution, basically, for his friend. Mm-hmm. And again, it got the very expected response from <laughs> everybody on the internet. And
1: yeah, well, I'm sorry, Liam Neeson, what do you mean? You just went out and were hoping any black dude would walk out of that pub that you're standing in front of so you could kill them. Like, (laughs) you're just waiting for a black guy to come out. Like, please, please. (laughs) Start a fight with me, you fucking black. I mean,
0: he didn't specify that what's all black guys. You know, this happened in his life, but.
1: He did say he he thought about it and walked around for a week or two. It was like a week or two, he said, until he calmed yeah, himself and, down. It was okay, like I he went down a night. Like he thought he was, it was on his mind.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a significant amount of time, but he did say that afterwards he kind of like snapped out of it and was like, "What the fuck was I doing?" You know, like looking back at it. it It's like an embarrassing time for him and an embarrassing that he was ever at that point mentally and stuff. And he came out later and clarified that he's saying that he's not a racist, but of course, you know what the response was. So I just want to know, what did you think when you heard this from me? me
1: Oh, that's just classic. I don't know the rules. White guy talk. He just doesn't know the rules. Liam Neeson's not racist in the sense that he actually hates, like, minorities. But he's partially racist in the sense that he doesn't... Just in in the way that one would have that mindset at any point in time would suggest that that was a racist tendency. So it's like, if you got racist tendencies in your own stories, then a little bit of what you're doing, it just, your whole vibe is throwing me off now. I can't even like taking the same way I like taking now. Cause like, (laughs) like what if your friend told you that? And then I was walking down the street at the same time. You look out the window, there was a black dude out there and you just ran outside and did something to him. Because you thought it was the same guy. Like, that's scary. That's, like, basically him saying stories like that scare black guys. Like, that's, like, part of, like, spreading fear. It's like, oh, word, you just felt like that? And now you can just look back and it's crazy, huh? Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's that's one of my worst fears. is a dude just looking for me I mean, because it- I, like... he thinks I look like another black dude like and and wants to kill me for it like (laughs) like it seems small but it's huge at the same time so
0: Yeah. apologize folks we had some technical difficulties so I didn't catch all that last part but um, kind of got the gist of what you were saying so for me I mean it kind of harkens back to what I just talked about with the the Empire actor thing where I had said this reminded me of the tried and true excuse for mm-hmm. almost everything where it was like Some random black guy did it, you know, and why that is it's it's a scary thing for minorities, for people that don't know, because there's a long history of this culture where that random black guy was blamed for almost anything, which has led to a random black guy being killed over something untrue so whenever I hear something like that my immediate response is or reaction is like hmm I don't really like the way that I sounded when somebody just blames oh just some black guy who did it you know like right. and i that always gives me pause in a story like this because it's like more like so you're just gonna take that at face value and just say some black guy for sure did it and then just you know go and try to act on that like that's how lynching happens and stuff like that you know so there was that part of it and then my real immediate action when I I was just like Liam why why again who's in your circle <laughs> I know like who I was like that was a who's, bad who's your that manager was a bad like, who's, idea who's telling you you could have told didn't it. tell you like this is a story that you should probably not tell <laughs>
1: Yeah, and what's crazy is if he would have just, like, it's crazy, because he wasn't looking for distinguishable characteristics, like, he didn't say, like, I was out looking for a guy about 6'2", wearing, you know, you know, a trench coat with a, you know, with (laughs) like, it was just, (laughs) like, it, it just sounded so crazy for me to think about, like, like, you're not gonna find. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded crazy. It sounded crazy. That's all I can say. And bad. I just cringy. It just cringed a little. I don't hate Liam. He's not like.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know. Like I said, it, my it was also like, bro. Like, I I'm I kind of understand. What he was trying to say that he has changed as a person and that, you know, even he is not immune to these like fucked up impulses and thoughts and whatever. But if I'm his manager, Mm -hmm. if I'm in his circle, I'm telling Liam why (laughs) this is a story you should not tell. This is not going to go over well at all even if your intention for real is good in some way like my immediate reaction wasn't oh Liam (coughs) Neeson is a racist like I didn't I don't I don't know him I don't necessarily believe or know that if he's a racist or not and it didn't really sound like right necessarily a racist story but it definitely was a prejudice story like I don't know if it was, like, say, an Asian guy, or she said an Asian guy raped me if he would not do the same exact thing, but Mm -hmm. I knew what their reaction was going to be to it, like, immediately it's going to be that he's a racist bigot, and I don't necessarily know or think that is true, but I think it shows a deeply entrenched fucked up mentality that we have as the you know, society. And maybe he was trying to bring light to that. I can't speak for him, but this is a story again. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you telling this? This is what my <laughs> first thought was. Liam, baby, why? <laughs> like, why bro? Like, I and mean, then my third thought was nothing about, I need to hear, Yeah,
1: like, I guess he was trying to sound like he was trying to tell a story of of wanting to avenge his friend for what somebody did to her. But he just told it in a very terrible way (laughs) And, and, and probably did it in a not so critically thinking manner. Oh, it's horrible. Poor At the time. The way he,
0: he delivered this story. and
1: I'll I, be honest. It makes me not want to see his new
0: movie. I mean... This will definitely... If I, I was think,
1: slightly interested, I'm like... Cold now. I'm like, yeah.
0: I mean, I've never really been that big a fan of him. But, I mean, it's definitely going to hurt him. Uh, for sure. As a professional. But, I don't... Yeah, no,
1: they cancelled his... Um, Appearance at the premiere in here in New York. Did they really? Yeah, he's not going to be at the red carpet.
0: <laughs> Again, I'm his manager, Liam. I appreciate the honesty, buddy, but let's not tell this one. <laughs> like, let's not tell this one, right? Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't. Yeah, I crazy. I didn't. I didn't listen to the whole interview, so I don't know. Like the whole context. i didn't i didn't see the
1: whole interview either but i I saw that part and even he didn't sound that bad either it's just i didn't honestly like i wasn't
0: like oh my god this is fucking horrible like you don't think like as as me as a realist like i i'm not surprised when somebody says that at some point in their life or whenever that they've had this Mm -hmm. feeling like okay like this is our society it's not like some secret that People of other colors have these thoughts, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't even like surprised, like, I, and it honestly didn't sound like a racist story to me. It sounded like a fucked right. up story, but not necessarily yeah. like I was just when I was younger. I hated black people, and I was always looking out to find somebody. Yeah, he doesn't hate black know? people. He it, just, it just he like, wanted
1: to find somebody that matched that for him at that moment. Right. So, like I said, it, it didn't I don't have know. anything to do with. I can't speak black people, them,
0: so I can't say. That if, it, if she had said it was an Asian guy, that he would have had that same response. I can't say that. But it right. the way he told the story, it definitely felt like that that it would have been the same reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, So I didn't even think it yeah, was I agree. that bad of a story. But I knew how bad the reaction was going to be immediately <laughs> right. when I heard it. I was like, oh my God, why? So, I'm not even your manager, your PR person, but. I feel bad. Like Fam, why are you the- anybody with
1: like a British accent or like some kind of like any white dude that says black bastard, like for real, <laughs> that's not in character in a movie or a TV show <laughs> is is going to like get backlash. You just can't say stuff like that. You can't. Like it you shouldn't. It's just not it's just
0: like this one to yourself. you know? Yeah, just I appreciate the honesty. You know? It's not a story we needed. You can't say that. It's not you a story we needed, bro. Like <laughs> Black what was bastard the is
1: not in your vocabulary. Like, what are you saying?
0: <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. If I'm his guy, PR manager, whatever, and he told me this story before and said, you know, heads up, like da da da. I would say
1: If he just said bastard without black. This is what I'm though, saying. I if I was been this been PR his PR person,
0: bet. I would have told him, okay, look. If you ever come to a point where you want to tell this story, leave the black part of it out.
1: (laughs) For real. Leave that out completely. He just said, I was just hoping that the message would come
0: out. Yeah, maybe the message you were actually trying to put out there would have been received the way you were trying to put it out there, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But because you added that racial component to it which I honestly don't yeah. believe it is the main component of the story like I honestly don't think he was even thinking that way that it was no, the main component no
1: it's such a sad it's such a sad twist to his sentiment cuz he was actually trying to say you know like like shit you know like it was it's basically like like being an advocate for sticking up for like women almost like it was like a sense of like trying to be like nah,
0: I don't think it was being advocate I think it was more of like I said like I think it was more of him talking about his growth as as a person and like saying that even he this famous guy like had these fucked up you know moments these fucked up thoughts and like looking i don't think
1: he was reflecting on the moment as fucked up
0: no he was because after he said it he said now that I, and then years later when I looked well, back
1: Well, yeah, at but this. like, I think he was putting in context the walking around and doing it part, not the actual feeling. I think he was validating the feeling, but but saying that how he went about walking around actually wanting to hurt somebody was the problem. Because he start he was, he's not going to tell a story about a friend that's raped and, and that be the intro to like, oh, back in the day I did all this fucked up shit and I regret it. He was actually trying to say something about, like, more... I think it's just a complicated conversation he was
0: trying to have. I'm saying, like, again, context is really important here and I have not heard the whole interview. I don't even know if they put out the whole interview. But hearing that small snippet, you know... Yeah, it's hard to say. But I don't... Again, I don't even think race was, like, his whole... Was even, like, a main component of the story he was trying to tell. I just think... He was trying to speak factually about what happened. Yeah, and being from a different country, I don't think he even thought about it like that. Like it would be received the way <clears throat> he, he said it. And like I knew when he said it like immediately, like, this is going to go bad. <laughs> this is going to go horribly bad. <laughs> right. He was like, ooh. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I okay. should apologize. I'm look look, I'm looking at the interview right now, so He said, uh, specifically right after he said it, he said it was horrible. It was horrible when I think back that I did that. And I've never admitted it that before, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was horrible. And he said, it's awful, but I did learn a lesson from it. Yeah. And, and he eventually thought, like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? Right. <laughs>
1: And, well, still not going to the premiere. And then he then
0: then he <laughs> says, I I grew up in a society in Northern Ireland and that comes from trouble, you know? And all this stuff. And he talks about it more. So it wasn't just like that, and then it was like his takeaway wasn't he was trying to avenge, be some avenger. No, he was saying like he specifically said, thinking back and I'm like, What the fuck were you doing? And he feels horrible, like horrible about it. And so this Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, like, understanding this need, this, like, this need, deep need inside of him for, like, revenge and, like, not really knowing why he felt like he needed that. But then, like, realizing how fucked up it was the way that he was thinking, you know, like that. So, I again, I don't take it. I did not take it horribly. I did not take it as, like, a horrible thing. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. but I knew exactly how it was going to be responded to and that's exactly how it responded to and he was like (laughs) talking about revenge and how that only leads to more revenge and more killing and you know he's from Ireland and they Mm -hmm. have a long history of that stuff you know so that's he was talking about like the violence and the mindset and all that and that primal like fucked up feelings he had Mm -hmm. and how he came out understanding himself better after that and, like, thinking back about that. So, like, again, oh. it was not that bad. Like, let's be honest with people. It was not that bad. But the, the fact idea. that the bad black execution. was in there was always was going to be the only point that people heard from what he was trying to say. And I knew it. And right when I heard it, I was just thinking, yeah probably should have kept that one to yourself you know
1: <laughs> so. yeah man well we'll see I mean people just blow it it'll blow over
0: well, yeah it'll blow over eventually but I I mean I don't agree with the backlash that people gave it but I understood how it was going to be received and again it's a two minute clip of probably like an over hour and a, hour and a half interview you know yeah. So again, I don't know. Yeah, because he was pretty comfortable talking already. So exactly. So I don't yeah, know that's... like what the context was leading up to everything. So, but they knew what was going to catch headlines, and that's what they clipped up and put out. So I don't know, man. And I mean, my last thought when I saw it, heard it and was definitely, "Where's Key and Pill when you need them?" You know, like I need, nah. I, I need a, I need a skit. I need another. Need another ballet episode of this one, you know? For real.
1: <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That'd be sick. But Oh man. Yeah. I forgot about I forgot about how much I missed those skits. Like their sketch comedy. Man. There's no sketch comedy anymore. Except for like SNL, but
0: mm. yeah, and SNL's mm. kinda eh.
1: Yeah, they're they're whack unless there's something big in politics happening. It's
0: all politics.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of our reactions and thoughts about the whole Liam Neeson shit. And as you can see, we don't necessarily think it was that horrible of a thing that he said, but it was definitely horribly conveyed and worded and Definitely knew it was going to be horribly received. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what did you guys think about it? Did you immediately jump to saying that he is racist? Do you do you not see, or do you see the bigger statement that he was really trying to convey? Uh, do you think this was just horribly worded? Do you think he'll bounce back? Uh, are you no longer a Liam Neeson fan after this? I mean, like, let me let me let you guys. Uh, You guys let us know in the comments down below. Last thing, last topic that I wanted to talk about was we recently had an article posted today, actually. Obviously, I read it way before because I am the editor, but by one Stephen Silver, who actually provides a lot of in-depth type of articles and editorials that we talk about on here because they're always, you know, conversation worthy and they present some of my topics that I think are great to talk about. And on this last one, it is titled titled on that movie can never be made today. And the whole premise is basically talking about a phrase that is heard a lot, especially today uh, about people saying that movie can never be made today. Um, Talking about movies from the past that are, you know, more, I guess, shocking and crude and vulgar and non-politically correct and basically implying that those works are better than, you know, what's out today. But, you know, Mm -hmm. and he went, he went, he, he did a really good job of talking and going more in depth about, you know, exploring from his perspective what people really mean if it's true or not, mm-hmm. and gives examples. And a big example he uses that people always bring up is Blazing Saddles. The classic mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, I want to know what you think. Like, do you think there are movies that can never be made today? And do you think mm-hmm. and do you think if that is so, is it for the fact that they are less PC than the culture is today? Or do you just think times have changed and people's taste in movies have changed? Basically, that is more the reason mm-hmm. than that they couldn't be made.
1: Yeah, so that's like a it's an interesting question. That the phrase. Uh, that movie can never be made today. I mean, I hear
0: it a lot. I don't even really think about it, but I do hear it quite often. Yeah, from definitely.
1: I mean, there's movies, there's movies from the '90s. Most '90s movies, if you watch them now, people say that because of how like uh, misogynistic some lines come across, mm-hmm. and you know, there's there's a lot of you know objectification involved in in a lot of stuff, even TV shows. So it's like. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think it's... when I think certain people mean different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it depends on who's saying it and why that person's saying it. Because cause to me, I think it comes down to... To answer what you were saying about... um, Like, if it's with, like, the times changing. I think it is more so... I think the times, but also the times and technology and just how information travels because before movies were made and consumed a certain way and the home theater wasn't necessarily the box office whereas now my box off the box office is technically my living room like when like you know netflix has their, their you know feature you know Grammy-nominated movies, when, when they Oscar. come out, their first day on, is on the computer. You know, I could watch it on the computer. It's first day release. Yeah. Oscar, I said Grammy. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like, those um those kinds of things change just how it's consumed. But then, you know, that many more people are... There's just so much more information that I think there's less ignorance about things, but there's also more of a consideration of it being able to get to that many people. So I think it's forcing pc a little bit in this time right now, because anyone's allowed to have an opinion, and if their opinion is valid, but in a negative way against what you're doing, then you know you suffer for it even though you know like you you may not have intended for it to come across like that their opinion is still valid and what you know your work may have like caused them to feel you can't like undo so then you're just left with the backlash yeah. <laughs> unintentional backlash so i don't know it's hard it's hard to say it's like but he kind of touched on that a little bit yeah, too yeah a lot actually. yeah
0: um so for me I was thinking about it, you know, I thought about it a lot so after reading and, you know, because it's something I didn't necessarily really think about until he presented it the way he did. And I'm trying to think how to say this. So, I do, I do, I actually kind of do agree that uh, certain movies from the past cannot be made today because you know, things are a bit more politically correct and people don't receive things the same way that they did in the past. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing at the same time. Because Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being, you know, crude or vulgar and, or, you know, more outlandish and shocking than being like, misogynistic, racist, or, you know, stuff like that. Because there's still plenty of shocking, you know, vulgar, crude-type movies out there that aren't Mm -hmm. politically correct, you know, with, you know, the times. But they're not mean-spirited. They're not based on racist, you know, themes or, or... prejudices out there that are not based based on just random misogyny misogyny you know um mm-hmm. so yeah there is part of it that and i, I and for me like it, it really depends on how what type of person you are and how you kind of take that if you take if you miss those racist jokes from like dumbo and racist caricatures from dumbo and shit like that mm-hmm then, of course, you're never going to see that type of movie again because people just aren't having it. Like, I'm not having it. Like, I don't want to see yeah. that shit in cartoons anymore, you know? The right. fucking shucking and driving and shit like that. Like, I don't want to see that shit again. Mm-hmm. But not for, not for the fact that I don't think Dumbledore's should be made again. Obviously, it's being fucking made again. But they're leaving <laughs> I out know. those racist parts because, again, people have... People, especially of minority and different categories, have much larger voices. Thanks Mm. in part to social media, money, whatever. You know. So, sure, I guarantee you that people felt a certain type of way about seeing those characters in Dumbo when it came out. Oh, yeah. But they didn't have the power or the The platform to really voice that displeasure, that, you know, that dissent against shit like that at the time. So, yes, you cannot make the exact same type of movie that you made years ago. But to me, that's better. Like, of course. Like, if your only way of making shocking funny, whatever type of movie is by employing lowbrow racist epitaphs, caricatures, or just lowbrow, low bar misogyny and shit like that. It's just not a fucking good movie. You know, like you're just not a good creator. You're not a good, you know, like I said, creator. Like that's more on you than I think as some bad sign of society and where it's heading and, you know, being soft and sensitive. Like I I'm, I'm of the type that I do think the times are at times overly sensitive, but I don't ness but when it comes to shit like that, like specifically like with the racist shit and the overly misogynist, like random shit like that, like I just don't see the point of it. And I just think it's just lazy movie making and, screenwriting if that's your only way of conveying some sort of message and sure you might not get that same shit so like if you yearn for those days of like blackface to come back fuck you <laughs> Then just never coming back and that's for a good reason right yeah. you'll never get another birth of a nation ever again in fucking America and that's for a good fucking reason so yeah certain movies cannot be made again but that's not For, like, always for a horrible reason or bad reason. It's not for the worst. If anything, it's for the better, and it pushes people to have to actually be better creators, be better, you know, screenwriters, be better, just be better at your fucking craft. Sure, it's harder. Like, what the fuck? Like, okay. And this is how I kind of feel about a lot of comedians, too, is that, sure, some of those easy jokes won't fly anymore. (laughs) Be a better yeah. fucking comedian and think outside the box. It's not like the. Well, end that's of a what I'm saying day.
1: is the audience is more educated now. There was a lot of a lot of naivete involved in Hollywood and, and just movie making for the since it since Hollywood started. You know, since there were movies, there's been a lot of you know, just like. The the movies are only going to be as educated as the as the people want them to be mm. in that time. So like you're only the movies are. I feel like time capsules of like that period what, for sure,
0: thousand percent.
1: Uh, you know, so like that's what I appreciate about movies. So I don't necessarily want things that are in the past to be remade because it would it ruins the like time capsule. So like you have to recontextualize and and then even rewrite you know to to take something old to, yeah, to I mean, make it in, in nostalgia
0: is great until it becomes poison until it keeps right. you from growth and it keeps you from you know change and like like I said growth and shit like that like yeah it's great until mm-hmm. it stops you from growing as a person and as a society like that's when it becomes a fucking problem and like I understand his argument like there definitely are certain groups of people out there that just wish the good old days, you know, were back again. And if that's what you're looking for in your movies, sorry to tell you that that's not fucking coming back. And for good reason, they shouldn't come back. But at the same time, back in the day, we never would have got a movie like which he brings up, which was a great fucking point. Is that sure? But back in the day, never got a, a movie like Get Out. Never would have yeah, got a movie exactly. like sorry to bother you. You know? Movies like mm-hmm. this, we never would have got them shits. So it goes both ways. And, and it's not better or or worse necessarily. It's just that things have changed and people are getting better at storytelling. People are getting better at creating shit and like trying to get a message point and like without having to resort to such honestly lazy tactics, you know. And again, it's not like these, there's movies out there that aren't PC. Like, there's plenty of them that aren't. And he, gives, and he provides some good examples. But again, times change. And honestly, I don't think Blazing Saddles is even a great movie to hold up as saying, like, that can never be made today. Because I used to love that movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember even thinking, like, damn, this was made at that time period. Because it's, it's weird to think that. Because that shit was so ahead of its time. Yeah. It was a satire yeah. about all the shit that that they see in movies basically. Yeah. But all the racist yeah. shit, all of the misogyny, all the fucked up parts particularly when it came to how they portray, portrayed black people, you know, in movies and they were basically right. skewering it the whole fucking time. So if you missed the point yeah. that that's what they were doing, that movie was never for you because the whole point of the movie right. was to shit on people that liked or shit on those type of movies that all played into those stereotypes and tropes.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And, and he makes another great ending argument saying that blazing saddles may not be the, like, let me get the exact words. He says it's blazing saddles can never be made today. It's because there isn't a talent on Mel Brooks level currently working in comedy. Mm Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect. Yeah, and that's—I just thought that was like a perfect little fucking like bow on the on the <laughs> argument. Like it's not has nothing really to do with the messaging and the storytelling. It's like the talent and the ability to convey the message.
1: Yeah, yeah. You gotta be. You gotta be an artist. You gotta be inspired, and and you know, not everybody can be a revolutionary and come up with some genius shit and, and compose it in a way that comes it across like rely it is on such
0: cheap and lazy tactics, yeah. Yeah. Enough. Like crammy yeah. river.
1: <laughs> so I mean I mean but yeah, but I mean just to like put some credence into to so that can never be made again or that could never be made today. That I feel like that's somebody's statement saying they disapprove of something specific.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's like whatever that movie is, something specific in it could not be produced that way again right now. Mhm. With without a severe backlash. So like basically something it couldn't this segment of the movie couldn't be presented this way or you know like this premise, you know. But, like,
0: quite possibly, not exactly in the way it was. I can't, I don't have an exact example, but quite possibly in the way it was exactly made, sure. Mm -hmm. But you can guarantee you can still convey the intention, but in a better way, right? You know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, shit is harder, like you said, the audience is more educated. They know what the fuck they want. They know what they don't want. They don't want. And they've seen shit so many times that, yeah, you have to always reinvent the way you present stuff. Mm. I Like, old yeah. movies are old for a reason, you know?
1: Right. So, for real. I don't necessarily want <laughs> to
0: go back and see the exact same style. Like, I don't want to see an 80s, like, romp in every one of my movies and shit like that. You know, I don't want to see that style particularly Hmm. again in all my movies. Like, that time has passed. We've evolved. We've changed. We've become more sophisticated as consumers.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But it's definitely a great article. Another great article um, presents some great points, and and I think it makes great conversation. So if you have not read it, you should definitely head on over to the site and check it out because I think it is a fantastic article and like I said, it's it's one worth reading and, and it makes you think. It definitely makes you think. And you know, what are your thoughts about some of the questions he presents? Do you agree that there are certain movies that cannot be made today because they are non politically correct? Or do you think uh it's because, you know, the audience and the consumers have just become more sophisticated in what they want? and eh. Yeah, so I mean, let us know. Let us know in the comments down below, and you know, we'll talk right back at you and we'll have a nice little conversation about it. But
1: yeah, that's it.
0: I mean, that's it for today's show. We covered everything I wanted to cover for sure. Again, today's date was February 2019. And again, if you like any of the other Rocky videos, these podcasts, just definitely head on over to the official site where you can grab some for yourself. If you have any questions, comments, topic suggestions, just want to say what's up. You can let us know in the comments down below, wherever this goes up, wherever you watch us or listen to us. Um, You can also email us directly at podcast at Co, or you can go to livinglifefearless.co slash podcast and fill out the form there. And who knows your question, comment or whatever it can might make Next episode, but until then, you know we will guys. You guys, we will be back with another show soon. But until then, you know, do what, Doris.
1: Y'all keep living life fearless. Yes, sir. Cop that merch too. Yep,
0: shit's fly. We will be back. Thank you guys for listening as always. If you're loving these, please smash that like and subscribe button for us. wherever you know, you guys listen to us, and we will keep. Trying to bring you some dope content. Till then, catch you guys soon. Peace. Peace.